0: Yes, this is EM Cases' best case ever mini podcast series, and I'm your host, Doctor Anton Hellman. On this month's best case ever, we have with us Doctor Anthony Krakow, the chief of ED at McMaster Children's and the head of division of pediatric emergency medicine at McMaster University. Doctor Krakow, welcome to EM Cases. Thank you very much, Anton. It's great to be here and let it rip. Let's hear your best case ever.
1: All right. So I'm a pediatrician by training, and I have to say, even for me, newborns make me really nervous. And it's not so much newborns with fever that make me nervous, because it's pretty straight up what we do with newborns with fever. You pretty much do everything. You do blood, urine, LP, start antibiotics, admit them. It's kind of cookbook medicine. I'll tell you, the newborns that make me really nervous are the newborns that come in with very vague symptoms. And so my best case ever, ever, uh, was a five-day-old that presented with the presenting complaint as being a lazy feeder. Now, I have to tell you, in my world, we don't really worry about lazy as a diagnosis because lazy is a personality trait. And so for someone to be lazy, they have to be a little bit older than five days of age. And really, when someone says that their child or infant is a lazy feeder, what they're saying is that their child has an altered level of consciousness. And this is the absolute nightmare differential in pediatric emergency medicine. So it's kind of like the weak and dizzy
0: geriatric patient where there could be pretty much anything wrong with them.
1: 100%. So for me, I know walking in the door, if this patient has an altered LOC or is a little bit kind of quote-unquote lazy with their feeds everything is on the differential. Things like appendicitis, which I've seen in a two-day-old, sepsis, meningitis, encephalitis, viral infections, abuse, uh, metabolic diseases. I mean, the list goes on and on, and potentially the workup may cost thousands and thousands of dollars, take days and days and days, and involve a lot of painful invasive procedures for the child. So let me tell you a little bit about what happened in this case. I always start off with a history and physical exam, as we all do, and I can tell you one of the questions that I always ask for patients that are in that age population is whether they are fed breastfed or they are bottle-fed, and in this case, the child was breastfed. And so I asked my follow-up question, uh, which is, are you as a mom uh, on any medications currently? And I can tell you, I actually calculated this last night, how many times I've asked that question in my lifetime as a pediatrician. And it's well over 10,000 times that I've asked the question, you as a breastfeeding mom, are you on any medications? And I can tell you only one time has it ever been useful or fruitful. And this was the case. And in this case, the mom said that she was in fact on t three, so Tylenol three, so acetaminophen plus codeine. And when I asked for some clarification, she said, well, she was taking two of those every four hours as she had been directed uh, by her gynecologist. Psychology and primary care team. Following that, my physical exam revealed that this child was in fact uh, obtunded, had a decreased level of consciousness, and not surprisingly pinpoint uh, pupils. And the diagnosis was quickly made that this child was in fact a narcotizer, a narcotic overdose.
0: So wait, let's just stop there. So you're telling me that a regular dose of Tylenol 3, Q4H, two tabs, and an adult who's breastfeeding... Will actually
1: totally narcotize a baby. So it's a potential problem. And we know that with the metabolism of codeine, there are many people who metabolize it normally and some people are under metabolizers and some people are hyper metabolizers. The problem is, is that those who are hyper metabolizers who are breastfeeding can then when they've taken their codeine quickly metabolize it, they can then give that surge of morphine or narcotic to the infant uh, through the breast milk. And there have been case reports of kids like this uh, child that I saw uh, and others who have actually died. And so it should be something that's carefully used, if not contraindicated in breastfeeding uh, moms.
0: Wow. That's good to know, not only if you're a pediatric emergency physician, but as an adult physician, for sure. Yeah. Uh, And so in this case, the resolution from this
1: case was fairly straightforward. I gave the child a small dose of uh, Narcan and child woke up quickly looking for, I guess, his next fix and crying and and aggressively feeding. And we then fed the baby uh, formula and asked the mom to pump and discard until such a time that she would have breast milk that was clear of any narcotics. We admitted the child uh, just because the duration of effect for the Narcan is so short and we wanted to make sure that, uh, in fact, all the narcotics in the child's system had been been metabolized and dealt with.
0: Yeah, the equivalent in adults to that is uh, the methadone patient to long half-life of methadone. And, you know, you might have a very aggressive patient in the emergency department after you give them Narcan and you want them to leave the department, they want to leave the department but the last thing you want to do is actually let them leave the department.
1: Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And I've had to do that before with other children presenting with narcotic overdoses. Is convince the parents that in fact the narcotic is still there, um, and if they just wait out another half an hour, forty five minutes, um, they'll quickly see that in fact the child does become obtunded again. And so, yeah, I agree with you. It's a, we have to keep these kids a little longer than we might want to. Yeah. So I guess my take-home point would be that a presenting complaint of lazy feeder in a newborn should trigger us to think that this child may actually have something more sinister going on. Lazy feeding equals altered LOC. The second take-home point for me is that even though the differential can be broad and can involve lots of kind of dangerous things like sepsis and metabolic disorders, A thorough history and proper physical exam can sometimes pick up what is essentially a simple diagnosis with a simple treatment that then negates the need for further investigations.
0: So in particular, asking that question, which I have to admit, I've never really thought of asking that question myself in my entire career, is asking the mother... What medications are you taking that could possibly be getting into the breast milk?
1: 100%. Like I said, I have asked that question literally over 10,000 times. And this is the first time it's benefited. But boy, did it save this child a whole mess of trouble in terms of invasive investigations and therapies and, you know, made it, made the therapy pretty simple. I guess my third take home point would have to be codeine is a horrible drug. There are other drugs that are better, more effective, safer. Things like acetaminophen, ibuprofen, even oral morphine are much safer than using codeine. Some kids and breastfeeding moms can be hypermetabolizers, which poses a significant risk to the infant. At the end of the day, if you're using codeine in kids, my advice would be A, don't do it, or B, if you are going to do it, make sure your medical liability is all paid up, because this is the kind of thing where you're playing Russian roulette with other
0: kids' lives. Well, there you have it, folks. We'll be discussing all the ins and outs of an evidence based, practical approach to pediatric pain management and procedural sedation in the upcoming episode with Dr. Crocco and one of Canada's most prominent researchers in managing pain in kids, Dr. Samina Ali. So until next time, take it easy.